Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in this corner, we have the undisputed, undefeated championship podcast team of the world that's right this is larry charles one half of the game dev unchained podcast team we haven't been beat three years in a row this is the best podcast for video game development news and the lifestyle thereof for game developers if that even makes sense i think i messed that up uh i'm here not alone bring my best friend it's always a cut man in the corner helping me do everything i can in life mr brennan fam this is Brandon Fam. As usual, I bring friends with me for any fights, <laughs> especially three versus one. Please welcome our unofficial third podcaster, Ray Graham. What's up? What's up? What's up? And a returning favorite, Matt. Damn, I forgot your last name, dude. I'm blanking out. <laughs> it's the secret to it. It's uh, anonymity at its core. All right, let's keep it safe then. Matt Brown. Yeah, it's Mr. Matt Brown, yeah. We need to catch up here. <laughs> Almost as bad as John Smith. So, we do it, guys. so this is a roundtable episode of your our uh, usual listeners. It's been a while since we do these. I look forward to these all the time. So many game dev opinions on last month's topics alone. So many things has happened. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it, guys. Fresh off of BlizzCon, the biggest news is something Blizzard isn't used to. Diablo Immortal. (laughs) You guys feel the mortality rate in that franchise falling right now? (laughs) Opinions. Let's let's gloss over that with, I guess, what went down, right, for for the audience that doesn't know. Uh, Blizzard at BlizzCon usually unveils all their latest products, the stuff that the fans are usually anticipating. And due to some job postings a while back, you know, hints online were that Blizzard was working on Diablo 4. So everyone was expecting Diablo 4 to be the big Diablo news at BlizzCon. And what we got was a externally developed Diablo iPhone, iOS, mobile, uh, I guess, uh, version like Diablo Immortal. And as the news broke, like you could hear the crickets, you could hear the silence and just the frustration. And then, you know, they got some booze. I, I think there was some cheering. There was booze. There was a notable amount of disdain. And I guess uh, there was the April Fool's comment. You know, oh, man, that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you do you want to go into detail? Oh, no, you go, please. I, I, yeah. oh, all right. So that's kind of I actually didn't like that. I thought that was a little low class. But I'll say it anyway. <laughs> no disrespect to the people who do this kind of thing. So, you know, at BlizzCon, they'll like have uh, people who go into the audience and say like, oh, you have a question and you tell that person your question and then they give you the mic so that they know you're not going to like, you know, say some bullshit. So he he tells this person like, yeah, I'm going to ask a question about like where they think the Diablo franchise or whatever. Right. Like some legit question. So then like, OK, cool. You can ask. And then the dude goes, is this a joke? Like, is this a late? Off-season April Fool's joke. <laughs> that was his question. Yeah. The internet comment. On- yeah, wow. that was, oh, man. I love that stuff. 
You got to humble Blizzard once in a while. Uh, uh, you know, honestly, I feel bad for Blizzard. I think this yeah. was just bad timing. I think, yeah. I think, I think they might have been hiring for Diablo Four, but even yeah. if they were, they're not going to have some of the show like months later. Yeah, <laughs> Blizzard, Blizzard is like the king company of if it's not ready, it's not going out. Yeah, right? like they've canceled franchises that they've spent I don't know how many years on. So they so could you, totally still be hiring for for you know Diablo Four, but like yeah. that's years away, maybe you know. I still think they're working on Diablo 4, to be honest. They they're definitely working on Diablo 4. Hey, insider <laughs> news. But, but I was thinking that, like, the reason why there's so much backlash, and let's note the day after, there's a 7% stock drop oh, in Activision. Yeah. So in response to BlizzCon, so, I mean, people are, that's going to climb back up, sure. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is that it, it completely missed the mark because the mobile business is like a completely different audience Mm. and so to always assume that your existing base will move over to where you're going is always a mistake and uh like you said yeah i mean everybody was looking forward to it diablo news especially the last thing they really a big release was like four years ago or something (laughs) and it's a very vocal base and uh they from what i've heard is that they expected some backlash but not to this extent Mm. And uh, the miss is that, you know, you're 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 getting excited about the best comment that I saw <laughs> during the reaction was, uh, you know, uh, 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 Blizzard players are asking, it's like, oh, can we get Diablo 4? And then it's like, oh, can we get Diablo 2 remastered? And the guy that came out was like, did anyone say say mobile games? Nobody <laughs> 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 was asking for it. And uh, Usually they're pretty good on the read, right? They build games for their audience, and this is just something they're. It's it's definitely a cash, and no one asked for it. And the fact that they're outsourcing to net ease to create game, and honestly, you know, maybe the design and the calls are made within Blizzard, but it looks like most of the game is outsourced to net ease, who is specialized in this type of action RPG game. Yeah. Can I speak to somebody who has a little bit of knowledge about the Chinese mobile game market? (laughs) And uh, as somebody who also says that um, the Diablo fan base is probably the most, uh, is one of the more um, whiny and (laughs) crybaby-ish of the audiences out there because they were whiny and crybaby about Diablo 3 having too many colors when they were showing, like they showed early (laughs) screenshots way back in the day and they're like, wait, there's a rainbow. Why is there a rainbow in the screenshot? They all went nuts, right? Like, so this fan base is obviously completely bananas and crazy. Like, like, just straight up. It's a terrible fan base. Like, like, let's just just be real. Like, straight up, right? And, and, uh, at the end of the day, like we said it, right? Diablo 4 is, is being worked on. Like, people are working on this thing, right? And so you're going to begrudge the company, uh, when they're going to make a game that looks just like every other Chinese game that's out there in Asia making mad money. Right. And they're and they're gonna capitalize on that market and you're gonna begrudging that where they could take all that revenue and all that success and roll it into a the PC, the PC games or a new project yeah. or yeah. like I think it's I think it's crazy short-sighted, yeah, crazy wine wineish and crazy crybaby-ish. Like it's 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 terrible. I wanna, I wanna and, and also like, and, at, and at the end of the day, video game companies could do whatever the hell they want to do with what games they want to make and especially when it's something that's so obviously you're going to make a ton of money 
we like we shouldn't be out here like just just disparaging them period yeah. like it's, yeah, it's not it's really nonsense yeah 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 and i don't, and I want to be the one person on this panel to call out the wine beat the whiners straight up so <laughs> I, I got i gotta come in kind of like off the ropes co-sign what you're saying <laughs> there we go Larry. <laughs> So I have similar feelings because if the game is being outsourced, right, but I know that Blizzard was hiring for Diablo. So that means that if Blizzard didn't work on this project, maybe they just did some high level creative direction and set some constraints and NetEase does development. That should let you even further know that Blizzard has something up their sleeve that you should be excited about. Also, also, yeah, also Blizzard doesn't know how to make mobile games, right? Like, like, so they're going to outsource that to somebody who knows how to make more mobile games and knows the market and knows how to... You know, come on, man. Here's here's number two. <laughs> Let's not forget that it's Activision Blizzard now, and <laughs> there's there's more uh, public ownership than there used to be. Yeah. Uh, and number three, I don't know if anyone else saw the news, but Hearthstone just celebrated 100. Was it 100 million players? I was going to say million. Hearthstone was also a, a gamble. Well, that was 100 new. million. Yeah. yeah. So like coming off of those heels. I'm looking for Overwatch Mobile. I'm looking for fucking World of Warcraft Mobile. I like I see the wave coming because you're stupid to ignore those opportunities, especially if you have franchises that have brand recognition that you could just say Diablo 4 on mobile and don't show a single screenshot and you already know that it's going to be successful. Wait, here's here's no, here's the thing about the Asia market mm-hmm. too, right? Like that you can't just release any mobile game in Asia. You can't just be like Overwatch mobile or whatever, right? Okay. Like, like they love fantasy, fantasy action RPG, yeah. MMOs. Yeah. But fantasy is the key, is is a key word there. Like sci fi stuff does not fly so much, yeah. right? It's fantasy RPG stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that's totally like it's a perfect fit. And I'm surprised that there wasn't a Diablo mobile game in Asia. Yeah. I think just ages ago, right? Yeah. I think the upset is just how they presented it in a North America BlizzCon. Like if it was China BlizzCon, I think everybody would just like go ahead and hooray. <laughs> but it was just because they didn't announce a, a specific, even the small tease of Diablo Four. And then as a side note, Immortal would would have been the best practice in in like. I know I know the, all the reasons why people are upset, and I understand that. But at the end of the day, you should see. Oh wait, Blizzard is about to make a ton of money. This yeah. is good for us as fans, mm-hmm. right? Like, like this is a good thing for us, right? And because you don't want to play, it doesn't mean nobody else can get to enjoy it, or that the company should not make it, right? And so you'd be all upset about it, but then like to be completely losing your mind over it. I think it's just complete nonsense, right? Yeah. I can I can never be a super fan where like, you know what I mean? Something that I have the choice of paying for or not paying for is going to like really affect like yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I can't I can't yeah. see that ever happening. As a yeah. game developer, game players don't think that far ahead. I they love the 10-year business model of uh Blizzard before. They love the fact that they cancel projects if it wasn't good enough or up to standard. They see Activision partnership as like a way, as like a turn of Blizzard history where they're more focused on pushing out IPs, even if it's not ready. Guys, guys, Activision's owned Blizzard for a long time now. Yeah. Activision's owned Blizzard while Overwatch is launched. Yeah, yeah. Well, S-T-F-U. 
right? Like, come on, man. Like, I agree. The benefits of like, yeah, game developers hate working on a game that's ten years long that probably gets canceled. Oh, that's uh, you know, we have such a short lifespan. We want to see our product out there. So, I think the game developers overall like the fact that they're expanding their IPs to bring in more revenue stream because it's more stability. And uh, if I don't have to work on that stupid mobile game, great. Outsource that to someone else. Let's focus on Diablo 4. But that team alone has a stream that isn't reliant on them making a success or not, right? Blizzard of all people have huge amount of streams from all sorts. But I think the game players who just only play Diablo, which is probably a small percentage, but the hardcore ones that actually commented are the ones that are the loudest right now. Yeah. Well, and like I said, from Diablo three days, you already knew that that fan base was already problematic. <laughs> Didn't, uh, wasn't there a big shakeup recently? Like, like Mike Morheim stepped down. He's no longer at Blizzard. Yeah. Was, yeah. Morheim's gone. gone. Who's that guy? I think fresh listeners. Memory. Who is that guy? Uh, Mike Morham, he was the freaking like CEO of Blizzard Entertainment. And then even when they did the merger, he still held down the role of like CEO of the Blizzard half of things. Uh, I believe after the merger, he then reported to head of Activision. But for all intents and purposes, for as far as fan service goes, he was like headshot at Blizzard. And we don't know why he left. Uh, I actually didn't look super into it because I, I just recall just from friends and just little rumblings that he was leaving and then he left and I knew that he left. Mm-hmm. so i don't know if there's like maybe he's like oh 30 years is enough or if it's like things are going in a way that i don't like and therefore i'm gonna take some leave or altogether just quit you know i don't know i think he's just too rich to care you know? <laughs> yeah i mean he's been he, he was the first one to see diablo immortal and he was like what is this yeah, yeah. <laughs> trash whatever <laughs> he quit. if ray is correct oh, yeah. he'll be sitting here <laughs> long a little longer just <laughs> so it releases so he can cash in on that too no he's gone i think he already quit yeah 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 I think it's one of those like I've been here, here long enough. So he can sell a lot of stock though. So he probably still cares. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is a perfect lead in for outcry. Uh that didn't do much of a difference. Uh Rockstar just released Red Dead 2. Right. Yeah. Uh the promotion towards that, uh the Hauser brother, or at least one of them. Uh, had <laughs> had a blunder where he was kind of like bragging a bit about their 100 hours march to towards release. Um, that's what happens when you kind of go in hiding in eight years and come out and the industry is kind of more sensible. Yeah. What are you guys thoughts about this? Sometimes people forget, you know, that the mic is still on kind of thing <laughs> is how I feel. Like, we have 100-hour work weeks to bring this product to you. I mean, oh, that was optional, of course, only by select executives and yeah. Yeah, I just want to know more. I mean, if it was like one week or two, okay, yeah. you know, whatever. But oh no, man. Like, I think like you know, I I think I've been around long enough to know. Um, mm-hmm. like the Rockstar Crunch is is it's real, dude. It's it's legendary. It's like it's it's well known that they that they crunch and they crunch a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of the worst, worst offenders yeah. with crunch, right? Yeah, when I say one of, it's definitely not the only one. Right. And, uh, and there's, you know, and 
you know, I've been also I've been around long enough to know that I've I have worked until four o'clock in the morning. I've crunched on many, many games. Right. And I've been asked to come in seven days a week for months on end to work on games. Right. This is not nothing new yeah. in the industry. And I'm like, but I'm really happy that um, it's something that people are starting to talk about now. Yeah. I guess and it, like when people mention that it's kind of like oh yeah 100 hour weeks you know like people go wait that don't sound right that don't sound uh, healthy yeah right and um and I think that's a good thing I think and I and you know the the, the whole video game developer union talk mm-hmm. got stirred up again and I think this is all good things right yeah. but but also I want to make it clear like people are like oh I'm going to boycott what boycott Red Dead and not play and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Right. You know, like at, at the end of the day, like so it doesn't help if you if you did that, you would be playing no video games. Yeah. <laughs> straight up, like straight up, you'd be playing no video games. And so, yeah, and so as an industry, we just have to do better about this, but this is, this is rampant, yeah. right? It's not just Red Dead. It's not just Rockstar. Like it's, it's, it's something that is everywhere. Yeah. I'm actually really happy that the fans come to the support of developers when they read those stories these days. I was kind of exposed to two sides of that though. Like there was a side, there, there were some fans that were like behind the developers and there's other fans that are like, nah, man, just give me, if it's good, I don't care what happened. I don't care if you guys are eating babies while making it. I don't care. Yeah. Just give me something good, right? And and I literally saw that. I literally saw fans that were like, I do not care about their well-being. I do not care about their health. Just give me the, the game, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. Is like before, yeah. it felt way more of the latter. Whereas now, like I'm actually seeing yeah. some people... Aware of the issue, at least. Are vocally yeah. like disturbed by the fact that, really, that yeah. people have gone through 100-hour work weeks and want yeah. change for us. Like, yeah. I... I it is progress, that. but I, I mean the fact that it's still so extreme. I mean, there and there has been progress within some organizations I've seen in terms of getting that under control. But I mean, has there been much change in the effect of? I mean, how, it feels like there's been more change in people's minds than there has actually been in the industry. So I, guess I, I would say the beginning sure. of February. I mean, we talked a lot with our uh, friend over at Game Workers Unite. Since GDC, there has a lot more. There's been a lot more momentum. Like people are beginning to uh, discuss this more openly about unionization within game industry. So this year alone, I've seen a huge upswing in terms of just developers having real conversations about this. And the last four months with the Rockstar thing, Glass, I mean, uh, Telltale Games, um, the big layoff over at uh, Capcom Vancouver, mm. like it's been a cascading events of like this. It, it's, it's being brought up every month now. So I would say this, like uh, for people who are doubting that people are actually doing a hundred hour work weeks, you know, there's a lot of backpedaling going on with, with the uh, one of the Hauser brothers, man, just imagine the other, the brother Sam Sam Hauser's like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> this is why we go in hidings and don't talk. But it did affect him, right? They made eight hundred million dollars in like oh. in a weekend. So, yeah, um, that's, that's the power of a sure thing, man. It's yeah. the power of a sure thing for sure, and it's a great game. And it's like I, I don't believe the answer is boycotting a product because obviously, you know, you want to enjoy. But this has to be done on an internal level. It's like it's more our game developer side. Like game players can cheer on the sidelines, but this is something oh. we need to. Yeah, you know, I would even, crunch. Like 
people have to band together and be like, hey, got to fix an issue before I, I don't want to finish the game. And it's actually pretty easy, man. The way that it is, the way they crunch us like crazy near the end of the game, just walk out, bro. <laughs> just organize, walk out. Uh, and please like, finish it. You're not, I will, okay, I will. I'll be hard. Yeah, I'll, I'll break this down like this, right? Like, I have been in situations like my, uh, I just tell a story. I won't say where I was working. <laughs> but uh, I, I like you know, my, it was my sister's wedding. My sister's just getting married, and we're crunching. Like we're trying to get to the finish line. I'm like, yo, I gotta go to my sister's wedding. Of course, right? I fly out for two days to London from mm. from 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 San Francisco. Two days. Mm. I go to the wedding. I come back, right? And the reason why I do that, and I and you say, right? You chose to do that. Yes, you're right. I chose to do that. Uh, I chose to do that because. Dudes were looking at me with, with side eye. Yeah. <laughs> Dudes were like, where are you going? Yeah. Right. Like, and so, and that's a big part. That's a big part of it. Right. Cause you don't want to have to tune down. Mm-hmm. You're working on a team. It's a team right. effort. You know, it's a team effort. Including right? at the last, t- at the last minute, less than down too. you know, Ex- exactly, exactly. And, and so, and so like, until everybody in the industry is like, yeah, this is kind of crazy. There's always going to be somebody that's going to give you that side eye. Okay. Right. And that's going to make you feel a way about it. Yeah. And it's going to, and, and even though you say, I have to, I could just choose to say, screw them and just do my thing or you work. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like straight up. That's what you do. Right. And, and that's way more powerful than, than somebody telling you, you have to work harder. Right. Mm-hmm. So that happens, but also people also do say, Hey guys, it's that time. It's that time. You know, we, we want you guys to come in here seven days a week. Like I've, I've had that talk numerous times. Right. So it's, it's, it's a thing. Right. And we have to change it like from the inside and there's, and, there, and there's people on the inside that are, that are working on games that are like, no, this is hundred percent necessary. This is how we make good games mm-hmm. by doing this. Right. And, and it changed until you change that mindset. I don't think anything's going to change. Right. Yeah. What you say is I appreciate your yeah. opinion. <laughs> but you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm out. I got cruises this weekend, bro. I'll send you pictures. I'll see you Monday. <laughs> and I've seen it happen. I've seen good games ship without ridiculous crunch, you yeah. know. Well, what's interesting is like we're in the day one patch era, right? So I'm more inclined to think that we have an opportunity now to probably stave <laughs> off as much crunch as like when we were in the exclusively disc based era, you know? Yeah. I like, like, that, I like it means more. I like that argument. I like yeah. it. <laughs> what I've seen and what I've been through, it's like even more crunch. <laughs> it's like, they, it's like we have so much more time to squeeze in more content to the very last hour. People just think that way naturally, like, especially in, in with our tools getting better, we can create bigger worlds with um, lesser people. Basically it isn't about like condensing the amount of work, but it's like, let's squeeze even more content with the extra time that we have. And it's just poor planning. It's yeah. just like complete ignorance to the whole process at, really at the planning is. stage. It's poor planning. It, it really is. is poor planning and optimism or something or underestimation of how difficult building this stuff really is. Well. <clears throat> yeah um, and also and also some of it too is just the drive right like you want like like designers designers want to put everything in there 
right? And so it's it's true though. Like everybody working, victims here. Everybody is working on games. Like like you know, you want to make the best game possible, right? And so there's yeah. always yeah. it's the human centipede problem, man. Yeah, the guy, always, at the, yeah. At the guy at the front. <laughs> just don't think about the consequences. <laughs> If you're working till 4 a.m. because you're really passionate, you know, I that's there's nothing wrong with that, I think, in my mind. But if you're working till 4 a.m. because somebody says you can't go to sleep because of the pressure, you know, that's that's and it all comes down to the planning. Let, let people put in the passion and the extra hours if they want, but don't don't put scheduling pressure on it. Yeah. And Ray, you kind of touched on this point. You're like You got to change that person's mindset to kind of become a collective um stand against this kind of thing but the the sticky issue is like dan hauser equates uh working hard into more hours and that's the issue right there and it's it's a type of it's a different type of drive like this dude is gonna has he has stocks and investments in this game doing really well of that 800 million dollars you know a lot of that's going in his own pocket if you go to any of those developers and say hey man you do what you need to do but at the end of this you get a million bucks in, and making games will be a choice. It's like, all right, man, fourteen hour days. Let's do this. It's a t- it's a different type of bargaining chip yeah. that not not all developers have a chance. Well, they're not getting yeah, they're not getting a million bucks, but they're getting pretty decent bonuses I'm now. Sure yeah, yeah, now is that is that it's bonus? Yeah, is that no? Even even like you know, lead exactly. pro, lead, well, lead programmers and lead designers and stuff like they're not going to be struggling like when no. the bonuses come through, right? Right, right, right. However, right. the question you should ask is: Are those bonuses uh, enough to cover the, the amount of hours that have been worked? Sure, right. Uh, and that and that's something you have to do the mathematics on that yourself, right? Well, I um, think I think the. But Without even sure. talking about the numbers, I'm pretty sure no. I'm pretty sure no. No, the answer is no. But, but even yeah. talking about the numbers is like, well, the Hauser brothers literally don't have to work anymore. I mean, it, unless it's equal to that, like I'm giving a big portion of my life that I won't get back, and it's a different type of drive. You, you, you bring that to the bargaining table to any developers. Of course, they'll take that nine out of ten. Like, hey, yeah. I mean, if I give my heart out and soul, then you know, I have a choice after this where I don't want to continue doing a certain thing right yeah but you can't like also like you can't well you can but like if you gave everybody a million dollars right then you wouldn't have anybody working for you anymore right that's not true so, so, <laughs> so i say we it. tried the other end of it <laughs> well, let's try this and yeah but like come on i but mean yeah. you guys i feel you back though. to games once in a while well, matt brown isn't yet but there's a reason why we're making games and not doing other things. Right? And a lot of it is passion. If you provide a safe place that my job isn't online all the time, you're just going to get a lot of talented developers who just love showing up to work and doing things that they love. This whole scare, the, the I would call it like the billion dollar scare, like a bunch of billionaires. They came up with this little, <laughs> came up with this little like thing that like um, most people who don't, won't have to work uh, would stop making games, which I would say the opposite near, near the opposite of what game developers are. Like if anything, we're passionate about this craft. All you got to well, do is I, I'm saying bonus no, on drip. I'm no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying those people will, will probably still make games. They just won't make games for somebody else. Right. They'll make games for themselves. Sure. If right. And that's a big, I think that's a big difference. Right. Here's what I would do. 
I would solve it this way. I'd be like, all right, here's your bonus, Mr. Ray Graham. It's like $2 million paid out like $50,000 a month additional. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? I'll take that deal. I would, I would, I would slap the hell out of somebody. Terrible ass deal. <laughs> the way that I look at it, though, it's like, cool. You know, your salary is still the same, and we're going to give you this bonus money, fifty thousand dollars at a time. To me, that's like a middle ground way of like, hey, we really hope that you want to stay around and continue to help us, but we know that we want to pay you exactly it's, as much bonus yeah. that we would. It's exactly any kind of business transaction. If they buy a company, they want to keep the founders around for a certain yeah. amount of years, but it is a contract of some sort where like, yeah, most people will probably set off. But if you're repeating people like cattle, you're already losing those guys anyways, either squeezing them out out of their passion and just talent and just burning people out or you know you're if if talent really is the issue i'm not seeing it right you're 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 squeezing out developers by doing this so i i don't think that's a it's a nice thought that they really care about talent to keep them around but the truth is it's just like trying to keep you around long enough to make them more money until you're not ready to do that anymore well yeah yeah i don't think i don't think rockstar actually cares about the talent so much right yeah. like i think it's clear right it's like, very this, clear yeah. yeah like they you know they they got their brain trust that make that make um the story and then they just like we're just gonna put as much stuff as we can in here they have a luxury right. they have the luxury of doing that and then they have a special way of doing things and then that's the way they do things yeah and then when people burn out and drop out they just get another crop because everybody wants to work on a rockstar game right yeah um like, yeah, I don't think it's about retaining talent at all. Right. Right. I will say this. I saw an, a, a, a follow-up article with Dan Hauser. He did another interview. I don't know why they keep letting him do this. <laughs> I won't take it out of context. I'll link the article. But in it, he kind of uh, compared game developers as little elves, magical elves, <laughs> working in the background <laughs> to make... Which is a very uncomfortable <laughs> thought, right? Now you're really showing the game players that these guys are replaceable and no right. individualism at Did all. Do you happen to use the word my or our little elves? At all? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> my little elves are making games right now. I think people reacted a little too strongly to that quote, personally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, cause he's not the timing, dude. Like he's, he's, he's a story guy. Right. So he's just like the fact that this game even gets made is, is like miraculous to him. You know what I mean? That's like kind of how I read it. Right. Yeah, sure. uh, <laughs> My hundred hour working <laughs> elves uh, are producing. It's like, there's no way to kind of, I mean, there, it's definitely uh, a disconnect from the complexity involved in building it. And I guess maybe that's the point that he was trying to make, but yeah. it's also kind of patronizing to the people who are making it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can say the same thing. I think on any one given uh, game development team, a lot of people think programmers just work magic, right? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when you don't know about the thing, it's just like whatever the other people are doing, it's just magical to you, right? So, yeah. yeah. That's voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, I guess we'll move on to something um, that you guys are both familiar with. So Jade Raymond... Is uh, was the uh, head of EA Motive Studios, and in the last five years, it feels like this is her second studio that she started up from scratch, built up a team, and either left on her own accord or got booted 
because uh, there's been a change of plans. And EA has been notoriously doing this with all their studios. But I'm, I'm feeling it for Jade. Like, it seems like someone at that level shouldn't be having to look for jobs all the time. Especially, I, I feel like, with a family. And it's just crazy to keep it from happening all the time. So I feel like I know a lot about Jade that I probably should know, but, um, but yeah, I feel for her too. Um, She's really good at certain things like building studios from scratch apparently. Um, But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Building them sometimes is a challenge. I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say what I want to say, but yeah, no, I feel for her. It's tough. It's, yeah, been a, it's a couple studios now in a row. It feels like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'll say is like Jade, Jade's cool people. You know, yeah. like I work, I work at Ubisoft Toronto. She's she's good people, and you know, good like friend of mine. She's good. I just yeah, I just wanted to see what she's doing next. Quite frankly, yeah. she was originally from Ubisoft. That's EA. So I guess it has to be Activision now. Right? What else is there? Unless Rock. It's also the timing. I feel like you know it's been a tough market. She's been trying to make games that are. She's trying to compete with you know the best of the best in all these markets, um, and it's just it's hard to win. You know. Sometimes you got to take a step back and regroup. Yeah, and like, and also like, you know, like straight up, like EA Motive has had some like hard times, like uh, you know, some games that haven't been selling, and, and some some controversies through like you know Battlefront and Mass Effect and all that stuff. Rightfully or wrongly, I, th- I think a lot of it has this has been like a lot of bad timing and just just bad behavior around, like towards a lot of the things that um that EA has been doing, and so the backlash, you know, kind of falls on. The people in charge, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, yeah, especially have actually, been doing this a lot, yeah. Like, actually, that actually that sounds really accurate. That sounds, yeah, yeah. Like you know, visceral, visceral shuts down, you know, and then like Mass Effect stuff and and the Battlefront two stuff, and it's just like, and then they're like, hey, you know, like we want to make some single player Star Wars game, and EA is probably like, nah. We're not doing that no more. Right? It's not like, like any of that stuff is her <laughs> direct responsibility. It's not like she, you know, yeah. she's actually causing any of these problems, but um right. It's partial responsibility. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I always say this, like um, it's concerning, at least from a low-level game developer in the industry, to kind of see from all spectrums of game developers, there's just no safety. Like if that's the highest level of where you can reach inside a studio. And they're continuously changing jobs every two, three years, like any regular game developers. It's like, how much space do we have to actually move around eventually where we're stuck or leaving uh, the industry? Yep. They don't love you, man. They don't love you. It's hard out here. (laughs) It's competitive, too, man, especially at the top. Yeah, full stop. Full stop. It's hard, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, we're kind of staying within the realm of Activision. I guess I should have let off with this earlier. Uh, Blackout is surprisingly doing really well. Um, I guess it's never, never a good idea to bet against COD. I mean, COD has a bunch of money. They can always 
throw at it to kind of fix an issue. But, uh, you know, I, I think a few roundtables before the panel here, especially me and Larry, just yeah. thought it was just ridiculous that they would have an 80 player Battle Royale. Uh, Battle Royale, which they achieve, right, with ugly results. Definitely. I mean, it's definitely ugly, but it's better than PUBG. So, like, they hit their mark <laughs> on that one. <laughs> and, but in terms of gameplay, everything transfer over because, uh, you know, that's 10 years of game design and controls that people are loving. And from all that I can tell, it's like people, streamers, players have been open arms about the the change you, you, you want to hear like a crazy story it was like so, i was minding my business on a saturday I, don't know, I think it was sunday or something mm-hmm. and then i saw some articles talking about blackout and like some critical like people were talking about how it's being received and then i was like wait it's out oh. <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea it was out like i, I had zero idea that game came out like i had zero idea and like it, i'm not the audience of course like because i'm not playing fortnite and all these games like 24 7 right but uh but i'm I'm happy that it's that it's doing well because i think yeah you know well-polished version of PUBG should do better than PUBG, right you're actually making me think i should go pick it up honestly uh. <laughs> why do you think that is obviously we're still seeing the ads on buses and everywhere in the city the biggest change is of course the single player is not a part of it as well as uh it, it being on battle.net i mean do you think any of that really plays a, a factor into where you guys don't know about it being out or not well so I, yeah, go ahead well, yeah, like definitely it being Battle.net. I don't, I didn't see it when I opened Steam like every day, right? Because I don't open Battle.net every day. Yeah. Uh, but then I was like, when I opened Battle.net, I was like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, cool, right? You know. Um, but like that's that's just like that's just my own. I'm not all up in it, waiting for it to come out because I'm kind of like Call of Duty out entirely, right? Yeah. Um, but and I'm also I have no interest in playing battle battle royale games at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I'm just happy. I'm happy that it's doing well because I. Uh, so I, I'm not surprised that it's doing well, and I expected it to, like you know, you know, like a polished version of PUBG should be better than the yeah. buggy ass, the buggy broken PUBG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're they're set up for a lot more success than I guess all the other people who are going to try to jump into that market. So. I am happy with their execution. I had a couple of rounds in myself. Uh, it's enjoyable. So, hey, you know, good on them. The thing that I'd like to talk about, though, is like where this sets up the Call of Duty franchise moving forward, because I don't see a blackout every year. Right. Like, I don't think that Infinity Ward was working on a multiplayer only Call of Duty. And I don't think that Raven's Call of Duty is going to be a multiplayer only Call of Duty. You know what I mean? And so. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm interested to see how things shift or, or what. Yeah, sure. I, I think there's still there's still a place for I think it's been proven. I think this year has proven that that, that's, that single player single player games are still selling out here in these streets, right? Yeah. And well, so if you like there's an award, you're you're making single player, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and like and uh you can still there's still room to make a, a single player Call of Duty, right? And then maybe it's every other year and then like microtransactions and just make a ton of money in between 
mm-hmm. or maybe it's it's every three and like i don't know what the actual uh, policy is going to be on that right mm-hmm. but uh but there's room definitely for another studio to come in and make just do the single player stuff right blackout immortal yeah, <laughs> outsource it. We are outsourcing something. Uh, this was this was the day that when I was a Call of Duty developer that I didn't want to see because personally I'm a huge fan of like epic, fantastic single player like story adventures, and I worked on the single player team or working on the multiplayer team. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I wanted to hear was they're going to cut single player from Call of Duty and just do multiplayer because I feel like that's just that's half the package that i would expect when i want to spend 60 bucks on call of duty no matter how much i like multiplayer i really enjoyed those story cinematic level 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 experiences over and over and over yeah. is, it though? is it though falling really? planes and buildings like each year the buildings fall just a little bit better you know what i mean i'm biased i will say this like this marks i think the beginning well, not the beginning, but near the end of single player and major AAA games. I mean, Call of Duty has been is like the last biggest franchise with single player attached. Everyone's moving towards open world, right? Red Dead is single player, but it's open world. So, you know, you're getting way more than five to six hours experience. And uh, I can't think of another game that is going for that anymore unless it's indie spider-man's open world that's different no like okay let's break it down right right. red dead Dead redemption is what like a hundred hour game Mm. right you can finish spider-man in its open world it's open world game you can finish spider-man like in eight hours Oh wow! Oh yeah, that the, game the main storyline. Yeah, that game is tiny. God of War, you can finish in about eight to ten hours. Mm. But there Small, are more things that there, you can do. There's though. more things you could do and stay in the world. Yes, right. but that that single player story is mad short. Right, it's different though. But like, no, man, like it, 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 I'm playing it Gears of big... War. I can't max that out more than six <laughs> hours. That's what I'm saying. That's it the makes, difference. It, make, it makes a big. It makes a big difference. I think. Like, yeah, it makes a big difference. Um, yeah. because like that's not really open world. Like some open world games out here, it's halfway. Like, like Witcher Three and like and like uh, Red Dead Redemption are like hundreds Real. of hours of right. story and like Those like so much so much content. Yeah, yeah, so much content, right? But like Spider, I think Spider-Man and God were kind of like, yeah, we'll give you all that freedom. We'll give you the time to mess around. Yeah. But this story that we're telling you is like a really concentrated and, and short right. thing. I see that that being the adaptation though. Like those games yeah. probably originally had like a linear experience at the very beginning, but like they're like, hey man, we can't keep doing these anymore. And like we'll meet halfway. Obviously, we're not Rockstar who are like decades of experience of making old world there's rockstar, no way we're gonna hit that mark yeah rockstar making horses take dumps and testicles shrinking right like that's the amazing this is craziness <laughs> that's what a hundred hour work week looks like right <laughs> if you want to achieve it's crazy the crazy. veins who even picks up on a in horse testicular shrinking I know, like they bothered to put the bones and animate the, the animation <laughs> Like I'm just like just there's a portion of the Blu-ray disc that's dedicated to animating those testicles. Mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. One hundred work weeks, bro. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> shave off a few hours and get rid of the testicles. I say just, at least one of them. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just say I, I wish I wish some hundred hours are put into the player controls but anyway yeah sidetrack sidetrack yeah. has always something to shots. complain about shots shots fire shots fire. the world was given to you dude <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised, but I, I think it, it marks a new shift towards, or at least away from traditional single player. I think that space is completely going to be occupied, or isn't if it isn't already with indie development teams that can afford that type of experience. I bet Doom will stay single player. I don't know if you consider that open world. I don't know. Maybe it is. Doom is pretty single linear, right? Yeah, it's pretty yeah, linear. Pretty, it's pretty super linear. And it was a great game. Like Doom and Wolfenstein are just great games, right? You know, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm not ringing the death knell for a single player, but I think this year's kind of proven it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying Activision now has like data metrics where they can say, oh, yeah. What Call of Duty looks like without single player. Dude, from pre orders alone, they're probably going over to Infinity Wars, like, scrap all the shit that you're doing. Fire <laughs> um, that actor that is overpaid. Let's figure out the blackout. Yeah. yeah, that's actually a good point. There's usually like a lead kind of guest featuring cameo actor that they have a contract with that they Cut use that shit off the franchise. I didn't see not well, not one person in Blackout Four. They have zombies, right? So I'm sure they still have. They had Post Malone do the fucking commercial. That's there about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, the air is done, dude. It's a new change. Um, looking forward to what Infinity Ward does their their next attempt, dude. They need a hit, bro. <laughs> They're I'm, two, two you, zero you, you out of two. Modern Warfare Four. It's gotta be. <laughs> you know, it's hard be. to mess that up. Coming. It's gotta be like I, if if I see Infinite Warfare Two, I'm gonna throw something. Yeah, they're definitely not doing that for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, this kind of rounds out to our our, our, our last <laughs> and biggest topic. So, um, I think the last round too, we kind of mentioned the whole riot harassment, but now recently there's been a class suit uh, for gender equality, and this is on the tails of something you guys are probably caring about. You know, recently Google had a walkout in in San Francisco or worldwide, actually. They just had they organized within a week, and everybody decided on the day, and people walked out. And uh, what do you guys feel? <laughs> so I don't know much about the Google thing, but I am all in support of suing Riot. I don't know from what I've heard, um, their initial reaction when they started dealing with it that they fired the wrong people. I don't know. I don't know the details, but uh, it sounds like they mishandled it, and they're still mishandling it. So. The main thing is, I'll fill in those details a bit. The main thing is, like, uh, uh, men that were accused of harassment were paid out in millions <laughs> to leave. I, I had also heard, I don't, I, 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 I had also heard, this is secondhand, but I also heard that <laughs> they, they, were, they also let go, they let go of people that were uh, whistleblowers, I bet. Whistleblowers. Yep. Uh, there yeah. you go. Try to silence it. There you go. Yeah. I get it 100% now. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so that's what I heard. This whole thing sounds like just hustling backwards, you know, like, you know. <laughs> well, Riot, Riot had like a good month and a half where they're like, all right, everyone's fucking up around us. <laughs> Therefore the flashlight is on them right now. Let's figure our shit out. And then this class suit kind of brought it back to the limelight a bit and saying, Hey, remember Remember us? We, we kind of <laughs> treat women like shit. <laughs> so this is a it's, this is definitely an issue that keeps cropping up. Like Riot, I don't know if they canceled that documentary. There was like a documentary that was planned to kind of highlight how great it is to work at Riot. Mm-hmm. 
that was a two-year project and it was <laughs> so i mean i'm sure it is great to work at riot and i'm sure that um you know there are, were good places yeah. and there are good teams on there and things like that so i don't want to disparage the whole company but that doesn't mean that but i still think that riot as a company needs to uh is, is i i believe the lawsuit is is the right move probably yeah. at this point yeah i think you know i think it's a culture problem and i think from what i've heard it goes all the way to the top and so I, at that point the board needs to step in almost yeah. um, i don't know is, has there been a story like this where a culture problem was actually well over Rockstar? Almost, I see. Well, is it Uber? Uber. There you go. Uber. Uber. <laughs> but that is still a problem, isn't it? <laughs> they actually yes. brought the Uber guy, right? The guy that uh, is helping Uber turn things around. Like, didn't they hire the same company? Or it, it sounds like they're addressing the problem at least or trying, but I don't know. I haven't been following it to be honest. Yeah, I'll yeah. look that up. But yeah, they did fire the guy. Um, I mean, and they got rid of the CEO, right? I think the board took him out. Um, For Uber? I don't think so, man. Yeah, yeah, wrong. yeah no, yeah. No, the, yeah, the Uber CEO became not the CEO anymore, but I think he's still on the board. If I remember. Oh, okay. He stepped down. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to want to change, man. Like, that's the hardest part about a culture is when you have people who, and I'm not pointing fingers at anyone specifically. I'm just saying like, if you have a people or you have a group who are used to, you know, like not giving a shit about women, all of a sudden they're not just going to be like, Oh, I see the error of my ways. Yeah. Right? Like, so how does it happen? Like, I don't think it's education. It's just like at the root of the problem is just hate. It's it's there's, right? I would say there's a lot of people who need to not be working there anymore. Like just, Point blank fire period. people off. It's you. You gotta. You gotta cut the grass. You gotta go low. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some room for education though as well. But I just think it's also like a, a large uphill battle. Yeah. And like, and they hired like you know a diversity inclusion person right to kind of like manage this stuff right. Yeah. But it. But a lot of these companies hire diversity inclusion people and they don't really give the diversity inclusion people the the power to do anything right. Yeah, it's um, so you know. The, the way that I look at it, man, is like they can take steps to make it look like they give a shit because that's what every company does. That's what every PR person tells them to do. Like, here's mm-hmm. how you hide those yeah. feelings or here's how you hide those bad decisions. That tweeting, you, you know, yeah. But those people still have that same mentality. They still have that same reflection yeah. towards the people that they have those negative things to say about how they treat them. Sheep's clothing, right? Yeah, yeah, that, and that's the issue. It's it, it's. But that, that's the thing too. Like no one has been fired since this broke out, which and is you very. Keep seeing them in the news. Keep seeing them in the news. It's funny how that goes hand in hand, right? <laughs> because this is, uh, I mean, like this ties into what we were talking about, like the us standing together and on a particular issue. Like it's, it's very complicated issue. Like. Um, we have all these stories coming out and it really does take a per company level to kind of organize in some sort of way to kind of demand things. Like, are we, are we that collective as a, I don't think so, man. Like even within a group, there might be pockets of people that walk out after a meeting and kind of making fun of what was being said, but I've never seen 
on the ground level, people are actually being active. Everyone's always scared about not having a job, basically, and the repercussions of it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to organize, especially in the face of, you know, let's say poor management or something, um, because you do feel disempowered, you know. Um, yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do, you, how do you organize? And, you know, we can all feel how we do about these issues. But if you were at Rockstar, how do you actually affect change? You know, how do you actually change the culture? You know, Jeez. I mean, the only thing I could think of is you got to really commit. There is, is there is no small step. It's like, are you willing to work for this or not? Like, if you're not, you're not going to change anything. If you are, let's walk out and see them finish this game. Like the Hauser brothers write something. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I just do it way before the end of the project, so I'm not a jerk. But right, before, there's always that intimate part, dude. That's the best time to do it. Like that six month down the line, as soon as they say, "Hey, it's," I guess that the time, I ever did that, it's that's the, the time. I mean, for, for, for the record, I was on the receiving end of of this of Matt's opinion here. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the way that I look at it, though, guys. It's like Ray, you said this earlier on in the podcast. Rockstar Crunch is legendary. We're talking about yeah. this is things that people know about Rockstar before they even go there. They yeah. know that they're going to be up against this wall, but they know that they're going to work on a guaranteed successful project and get some sort of crazy bonus. That's what a lot of people may have in their mind or just a crazy opportunity. And they're like, I'm young. I don't have a family. I don't have X, Y, and Z. I'm going to allow this to happen because I believe I'm going to get some sort of greater benefit after. Right. So there's probably a lot of one and done rock star people in the industry. Like, I went in, I worked on GTA four and then I bounced or I went in, I worked on Red Dead and then I bounced or I went in, I worked on whatever. And then I bounced, you know what I mean? It's, it's going to be hard to say like, Hey, let's change it. When people are like so willing to freaking accept the hundred hour work weeks ahead of time before it's even a scandal. I I think very few people have have been able to make enough money to bounce. I mean, uh, Mm. most of those people started indie companies and all of those people have probably burned through the cash already. If they made a million or something like that, which they did. It's really hard to escape, honestly. Or they just, no, or they just move on to like another company and they have like rockstar in your resume and you're going to get hired wherever the hell you go. Right. That's more likely what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. If you take a big gamble and you win, and then you take the winnings and do a big gamble and you lose, you feel like shit. Yeah. So if I went to Rockstar and got a million, I'm not starting a game company like that. I'm buying, <laughs> buying something stable that's going to pay me yeah. every month. It's true. Anyway, I don't know. Smart. Yeah. I mean, it really does start at the senior level and the leads that affects the change. Because as we know, during the production line, even near the end, it's like those guys are more aware of what's going on especially on a proprietary engine like like at rockstar it's like even more important that that one guy most likely in the company knows how to do that one particular thing and if he dies that pipeline falls apart so those are the best places to start i think to actually be like hey i'm, I'm out this week let's see you guys <laughs> like the more they are opposed to you taking a vacation is the best time I'm like hey i think we got something here <laughs> Because, you know, the thing is, the power that we do have is not outsourceable, right? It's not, it's a creative issue. It's a creative problem, a lot of this. And it is like a very, um, especially in those proprietary engine companies, it's like a very unique set of skills uh, during that production line. It, I mean, I I would I feel like the chips are stacked with us. It's just that, yeah, no one's has been ballsy enough. Like even with all that Rockstar crunch, after the EA crunch thing, there was a Rockstar wives thing. 
Yeah, it wasn't even us developers directly. It was our wives that stepped up. Yeah, like got something done. Well, because it's family. family Well, yeah, exactly. It's family that's affected the most. Really, you're you're crunching, right? And the family is like home chilling, right? So it's like, yeah. But what I'm saying is, we haven't. Yeah, we've never had a history where developers are on the front lines and saying, "I'm sick of this." As a group, it's like we're always hiding behind other people. And that alone just tells me that, you know, we're lacking the backbone to actually organize and do something about Any it. Any unionization is the solution then. Well, you know. But it still requires us. Like, I have not seen a game developer step up and be like, no, no I'm sick. It's, of bro, it's too risky. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's too vulnerable right now. And, and I think there's a lot of people, like, I think you also underestimate how many people in the game industry just can't afford to, like, not have a job. Yeah. No, definitely. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so some people, it's just, it's just too big of a risk, right? Like, you have to eat, right? Of course. You know? and, and so it's just the whole, like, oh, let's band together and let's not come to work or something like that. No, like, no, no. It's definitely more complicated. Even, even I would look at you like, nah, I don't know, bro. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, I will say this, though. The reason why I'm bringing it up is that, you know, this kind of ties back to Jade Raymond. Like, even at that top level, we're running out of runway. Is what I'm saying. It's like, there's not a lot. Of, like, I can't jump to companies as flexible as it were in PS3 days. There was a lot more companies back then, but now there's very few. Mm-hmm. And if everyone's thinking this way, eventually, you know, if my whole plan is to retire at 60 or whatever, like just a regular plan, we, I don't see that happening. So if we're we're not doing now, I, maybe we'll be forced to starvation to start thinking about it. Gotta, but that's where we're heading. You gotta get a rockstar bonus, man, and then you get, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get one of those rockstar bonuses. <laughs> I'm sure it's a nice bonus, but uh, those boy. bonuses don't stack up to what it's what it is, dude. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Larry and I have been the receiving end of a life changing bonus, and it was. <laughs> There was nowhere. It's a, it's a Whose lifetime is this? Man. It's like it's like ant level lifetime. What are we talking about? Flies? <laughs> I said that within a day. I don't know about y'all, but any any free money I get, I'm happy about. But it, changing it doesn't money. come across as free money is the problem. Like, it's yeah. a, a lot of heat costs. Yeah. It comes yeah. across as like, oh, you deserve this. Yeah. We were supposed yeah. to give this to you and we didn't. Well, here it is now. Yeah, of course. And it's not as much as it should have been. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully you're happy. That goes, that, that goes, well, that goes back to uh, negotiation, right? Because, oh. like, you can't let them, you can't let them use that. You can't let them use that as a way to tell you that you shouldn't be getting X, right? You should be happy with X. You should be at the point where you're happy with X. And so then when the, the free money does come, you're like, thanks for this free money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of, I was counting yeah, on, fair. instead of, I was counting on this free money. Because like, recruiters use that as, as a thing all the time. And you yeah. just can't, you can't let them get away with it. Straight oh, up. I, I endorse Straight that up. 100%. Any recruiter, yeah. any HR, any person trying to tell me, yeah. but bonus also makes up for your, like, nah. Yeah. You can't say the it. word with me. Bonus. <laughs> It's a mystery box. Yeah, you can't let that happen. This is no. your salary, but the mystery box <laughs> yeah. might pay you out. You might be happy with this or not. Boat. It could be a boat. It's never yeah. a boat. 
I worked at a company that uh, promised me this bonus and they said that and they said this was true, that they had paid out this bonus every quarter for the last like three years. Mm. And the quarter I start was the first one they stopped paying it out. Yeah. I was like, son of a gun. <laughs> I've been a part of that. Yeah. It was like I was at a place where they had like reimbursed uh, like a five hundred to thousand dollars of like just games or whatever you want to use towards your craft. And then once I came in, it's like, all right, I'm going to buy the Switch and all this stuff. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we stopped that program uh, temporarily. I was like, what? I just talked to you like two weeks ago. Always go for your money. Don't fall for the banana. The tailpipe. <laughs> don't fall for the banana. We're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Larry, Larry, Larry gets the reference. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some soul, brother. <laughs> I forgot what he said, but I know exactly what he said. Oh, man. I think bonuses are great when they're bonuses. They're, they're suck when they're anything less than. Um, I think expectation has a lot to do with it. Like if you tell yourself or convince yourself like, yeah, I'm going to get like X, Y, and Z. And if you're not the one who actually puts down the amount on a check, but you're believing in something that may not come to fruition, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak. Uh, Obviously it's great to be surprised, but don't let your expectations ruin your opportunities. I can say when it, in regards to bonuses, because that's definitely a heartbreak. Like, oh, I'm going to get at least 50000 and you're already like setting up your money and your oh, yeah. plans and your bank. And, your and, and then you get like 18, right? Where you should still be happy that you got 18 and you're like miserable. Yeah. You already yeah, yeah. plans and promises. Yeah, never, never do that. Never <laughs> do that. So I'll end it on this question. Um, there seems to be at least a threshold that is being hit in the last few months. Like, do you guys feel like any of this is going to amount to something? Do you guys feel within mm-hmm. your reach of networking and the news that are seems to be in support of what we want? Or do you feel like this is going to change at least a little bit of what's going on out there? I think personally, I'd like to jump in. I love the idea of professional game developers unionizing. My concern is there's too much technology and too much software out there that anybody can just be a game developer in a month's time and like make stuff. And I don't mean that as a bad thing, but what I'm saying is it's going to be hard to be like, we're a group that's collective bargaining. And then you have new people who are just like learning stuff and filling in the ranks where old people are kind of like iPhone developers, mobile games. Like I see that expanse. I see a lot of developers who are pro level. I see a lot of people who are new and I see their products competing for the same space. Right. So if you tell me that the pros are going to stop, then I just see that second sector now just filling that gap. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be hard to say that like, there's going to be one day where all of us in union are like, yeah, this is jacked up because right. I see a lot of people who are going to be like, I don't care. I wasn't there. I'm not, I didn't work at rockstar. I'm just a dude who like in my free time learned unity and I made this cool thing and 25,000 people just bought it. Don't give a shit. I'm happy. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I don't think I'll see a resolution to the day. Will we as an industry entirely unionize or not i think we're going to try and i think we're going to get closer because the more bullshit that i see happen the more people want to talk the more people want to get together and want to unionize so i think that there's a catalyst starting uh i just worry that like it's there's so much opportunity to make games so many people who are learning and willing to do it that 
old yellers are going to get put to pasture kind of thing. <laughs> oh, damn. Is, no, I, that's, I feel, that's, I feel that's personally, a, I feel personally attacked. On that <laughs> one. I, I think you're right though, in that it's, I think it's the start of something. I don't think it's imminent, but mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be an industry wide thing. It can be, um, you only need a small fraction of the niches within the game industry to unionize, to have an effect Mm-hmm. Um, because they'll be able to collectively, but amongst themselves, like let's say you have a, an environment artist union mm-hmm. or a, an audio engineer union, very specific. You, there's a lot less movement from the Unity crowd in in, mm-hmm. in that realm. But yeah, it went to, you have a good point. In the mobile space, it really unionizing doesn't really make sense um, when the barrier to entry is so low. Um, it's you know, I I think I think you're also kind of underselling the okay. power of like skill. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> competence. No, no, yeah. like no, like, I, yeah. like like yeah. skill and experience like mean something, right? So like, sure. I think I think um, you know, and that AAA is not just a bunch of yahoos running around, right? These are like skilled people, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. No, I agree. Like to sign off on that, like I um, not all Unreal Engine games are built the same, right? Sometimes you get something incredible, like Fortnite. And then other times you get, well, I mean, PUBG. It doesn't look the same. <laughs> Equally as successful, but I, I, I'm sh- I feel like we've been on projects where we have uh, like a certain level of competence at the senior level that are making good decisions through experience. That yes, the grunt work, I feel like there are tools out there that are slowly replacing um just grunt work, right? Just having a texture library like Mega Scans, you know, helps speed the process of texture making. We don't have to rely on traditional methods. Um, but th- that's just like any other industry. So if it's repeatable and it is easier, sure. But it's at the creative front where you can't rely on a junior designer to come up with a franchise of some sort, right? Sure. You still rely on the big. And those are the guys that are the movers that need to make uh, changes, right? When I talk about unionizing, I'm not, I don't care too much about the grunts. Like it's the guys that actually, <laughs> I guess, you know, have levels experience that actually affects the change within a game development scene. But I also look at like there's game developers in India who have a lot of experience. There's game developers in China who have a lot of experience. Who, regardless of what we're doing domestically, is in a game union, they will work. <laughs> 40%, 50% less expensive than I will. And how am I going to compete? You know what I mean? Well, when Blizzard only outsources their mobile game and, you know, not close down their Irvine studio, I mean, that tells you that even money at a certain point <laughs> doesn't stretch overseas. Like, there's a reason why they have their big players in the Irvine studio because there are just certain things that it's better like even if it's the same company big players right so like you're talking like a small elite percentage represented there versus like an entire broad company dynamic of course and this is where competence come in you still have to have yeah value and i think yeah yeah, that's how it has to happen i don't Mm -hmm. think it it can include every game developer out there like hobbyists hobbyists and small studios right it has to start at the the ones that that make all the loot, right? Yeah. Which is like the, the the three big companies, four big companies at the top, mm-hmm. and has to kind of start there. 
Yeah. yeah. Trust me, I want it more than anything at this point. Like I, I'm well into the twilight of my career and I feel like <laughs> I'd be very happy for game developers behind me to unionize. So it doesn't have to get all the indie companies and the hobbyists and stuff yeah. like that, because yeah. the, the hope is if you get the big players, it will change the culture and change the expectations of how, how people work. Uh, and then that will filter out into those other fields, I think. Um okay. There I don't is. think it will be a, a disadvantage competitively either. And that's, I guess, the other thing that people were hinting at is like, because people aren't working the long hours, the games aren't going to be as good as people in India, maybe, or just mm-hmm. cheaply made. Uh, well, I, I think, I think um, part of that is like, yeah, like, I think you will have to now, you have smaller teams take longer, not throw the whole kitchen sink in there. <laughs> think about what you're making. Yeah. Right. I think it will actually, but, you will have to adjust, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think all the adjustments will be made for the good. Instead of right now, what we have is a, a straight-out arms arms race, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like throw bodies at it, throw as much features as you can into the thing, right? Um, and then see what see what sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very in support of um, just how games are made. <laughs> like, just the fact that not every game is successful tells you that yeah maybe the people with this best skills like i've been on teams that are, have incredible technical people like just really good at creating games but it really just boils down to the idea and the um competency of understanding the audience right and that is can't be robotic you know it can't be it can't be uh, formulaic, right? There is a level of competence that only skilled, competent game developers can can piece together and, and make a product out of, right? So I don't think any company has figured out the. Form- I mean, Rockstar obviously, even even though we say like they get an automatic seven hundred million copies just through a, a font, which they can, right? If they release no trailers, no info. But it's the quality of content that uh people trust. Like Red Dead is an amazing game. Like there's no doubt about it. And but if it sucked, if it sucked hard, you know, there'll be lesser of a guarantee of Red Dead five uh, Red Dead Dead three. Right? Yeah. I won't go as far as saying it's an amazing game. Uh, I'll say that mm. it's no like I mean, but I would say that it has like it's a very it has a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, right? he's a tough critic. That is that is super super impressive. No, I'm not the only one saying this. Like, come on, man. Features about it isn't all ten, but yeah, it has so yeah. much content. Was giving it 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a video game hype, yeah. right? But I like that that game is not not a ten by any stretch mm-hmm. of imagination. You know, like if you care about if you care about controlling your player mm-hmm. and and actually having fun and not doing tedious stuff. Mm-hmm. It can't be a ten, but yeah. some people like doing tedious stuff. So hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, enough. the more features you have, the more people can critique on for sure. So yeah, you're more I, I think I think it's it's just so much stuff in it that you just have to be like respect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? right? Yeah, the quantity. But it, yeah, but it's definitely not like a like wait I would a perfect experience, a perfect game. Yeah, no, I yeah. can agree with that. Simulated weather testicle resistance, like whatever, <laughs> what whatever want, that man? design doc was, like ten out of ten. That the fact that that made it in and is something. <laughs> respect, 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 respect to man. respect to the animator for real. Yeah, ten interns died for that feature. So. <laughs> Better respect that. Uh, 
right. Are we out of topics? <laughs> well, uh, I just want to be the first one to thank everybody for joining us again for another roundtable episode as we put our careers on the line to tell the truth about the game developers around us. So thanks for all your support. Matt and Ray, thank you for being wonderful co-hosts along with us. Brandon, thanks for always being handsome, making it easy to look at the screen for an hour. (laughs) See you guys later. Later, Charles. Good night. Uh, See you guys next week, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify. You can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer. Just go on over to our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're interested in keeping the conversation going, then definitely come check us out in Discord where we chat in real time for After Show Tuesdays to discuss episodes and Feedback Fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on. If you go over to Patreon.com, you can support our podcast financially. And if you do so, you get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.